Welcome to the YYY Show, a comedy podcast about such histories, life, and nature's natural things. I'm Jingan and I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. So Jingan, what is your search term of the week? Alright, my search term is... Zombie Salmon. Hmm? Zombie Salmon. Do you know what's that? Okay, never mind. Don't answer first. Because mm, we have to go through... Yeah, I was just going to answer it. Okay, okay. We okay. have to go through a story of the salmon. So, it is time for... The Salmon Lightning Round! Okay. Yes. Hmm. Very good. First question. Okay. Where are salmon born? Where are they born? Yeah. Born in the water lah. Yeah lah, what kind of water lah? <laughs> Annoying. Born, where, where? Born in the river, in the river. Ah, okay, okay, good. Yes, they are born in freshwater rivers. Okay, mm-hmm. then after that, they swim downstream all the way inside the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then that's where they spend most of their adult life. Mm. Then after that, there's this event mm. called the Salmon Run. Mm. And what is the Salmon Run? Oh, they have to swim upstream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, swim against the current. Mm. Uh, with a lot of challenges and difficulty, go upstream mm. to go to a safe place to, I don't know what they want to do, mate, breed or something. Okay, okay. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm not very sure from the salmon perspective what they're up to. But <laughs> because I only know this is because I saw on Reddit mm. or on YouTube mm. some bears mm-hmm. trying to catch salmon. Oh. So I only see it from the bear's perspective oh. that a lot of salmon are trying, trying to, to swim upstream then they will catch the mm. fish. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Good. So yes. is that the salmon run? Yes. This event is an annual event mm-hmm. called the salmon run, which is like obviously it's not organized by like humans, uh-huh. but it's like it happens like every year. Why they call it salmon run? Land not salmon swim, man. I know, right? I also don't understand. Okay. Why is it called run? Cause okay. scientists once again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. yes. From the ocean, then they swim upstream to go back to the rivers to spawn. Mm-hmm. Meaning to give birth, uh, spawning is. Also, they mate already, then they just have to swim upstream to give oh, birth to the eggs. The mating process is not, uh, they don't have to touch each other, one. just lay the egg, then after that, the male one will come over and then make their sperm over the egg, that's it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, fertilize the eggs. Something like the jellyfish many, many episodes ago. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay, anyway, so they are going back upstream to go back to the place where they were born, right? Mm hmm. Sometimes it's very accurate, you know. They go back to the same place that they were born to lay the eggs. You mean they can remember? Yes. So how do they know? How do they know how to go back? Uh, they can remember exactly where, you know. Electromagnetic fields. Wow. Last yes. last week you say something, mm. the sharks got mm. the sensor on the nose. Yes, yes. So the salmon also got the sensor on the nose. Maybe, maybe. Is it? So... Yes, that is the generally thought answer by the scientists because they don't really know exactly what is the reason. Huh? Yeah. 
They, we After still, so long we study, yes, then we still don't we know. We still don't know why they like have this like inbuilt GPS system. Then how they know that the salmon go back? They track the salmon. Yes. <gasps> track the salmon. Oh, okay. It's thought that yes, it has to do with the electromagnetic field, uh-huh. the earth magnetic field. Uh-huh. And then like maybe a combination of environmental cues, mm. like the day length, the sun's position. The Whoa. polarization of light. Wow, the salmon know how to look at the sun and yeah, then yeah, like yeah. count by yeah, on, yeah, their, yeah, yeah, yeah. on their fin- <laughs> not fingers, their fingers. <laughs> fingers. <laughs> count, 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 they're like, oh, I'm supposed to go north this way and south this way and yeah. then east this way. Oh my goodness, okay, then? then Water, then. salinity, and temperature gradients also come into play. Wow, yeah. So they can like sense the water, like how salty... How think, hot, how cold. Yeah, I think that one is quite important la, as, a, as a fish. As a fish, really la, need it, to know. Yeah. That's true, that's true. Okay. <laughs> anyway, there was one experiment where they reared the salmon in one stream, as mm-hmm. in like it was born there. La. Then after they took the, the roe mm-hmm. to a hatchery. Mm-hmm. The roe was in the hatchery in the smog stage, which is like the toddler salmon stage where they are swimming downstream. Okay. Yeah, like baby, but not really baby. Like it's a... Uh, Almost to teenager. Okay. Yeah. So they are twin la. The twin salmon is a small twin. T W E E N. Twin. Twin. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. S M O L T is a small. S M what? O L T. O L T a small. Yeah. Wow. What Which a weird a word. word that I've never come across before. Okay. Anyway, after they go into the sea, already, right? Mm. Because they smoke ma, then after that they were in the hatchery, right? Then they go in the sea, right? Mm. Then when they coming back that time, they actually swim back to the hatchery. Hmm. Not the river bed that they were born. Hmm. Ah. So they think like maybe there's some imprinting happening at different stages of the salmon's life. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, everybody got different theory. Hmm. Yeah, just can check it out yourself. It's a bit like how the the pets can find their way home, you know? <laughs> You know, like dogs and cats, they'll find their way home. Kind but of there is a reason, like, as to why they want to come back to the exact same spot. As in, for the salmon? Yeah, for the salmon. Why? Because they have only one chance to spawn every life. One chance? Uh? Yeah, after they spawn, they die already. Huh? Yeah. As in, after they give birth, they die? Yes. Huh? Yeah, they have only one chance every life to spawn. So they have to pick the right place. So... If they survive at this place when they were a twin. Yes. When they were a the, child. The, the role. Uh-huh. Yeah, they managed to become a fish. So they will think that, okay, this place is safe for me. Yes. So I should go and lay my eggs yes. there. Correct. And die. Yes. You mean they die there? Yeah. <gasps> yes. Okay, so continue, continue. <laughs> so this is okay. the part where I ask you, what is a zombie salmon? Uh, zombie salmon is the one that give birth already, then never die. They just lurk around like a ghost. Yes. Haunting <laughs> the, the eggs. So yes, la, of course, like after they give birth to the eggs, right? Uh-huh. Then they won't immediately die. La, but because they are so spent by the entire salmon run journey uh-huh. that they are just deteriorating. La. After they give birth, they just wait to die already. So they are in that zombie state. So anyway, let's talk about the whole journey from the what? ocean to freshwater. Oh my god, river. so I was right. You were right, yeah. So they just hang around yes. like zombies. Zombies, that's right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what? 
Is this where the fisherman catch them for us to eat? No, it's not. No? Yeah, most of the time it's not. Why? Well, if you look at the pictures, then you'll understand why. Because at the zombie salmon state, you don't, I don't think you'll want to eat it. Why? <laughs> What's wrong with them? They are rotting, la. that's why they are called zombie salmon. They are rotting? They are rotting as they are swimming around. Eat! Yes. Wait, what? They are alive and rotting at the same time? Yes! Exactly, that's why they are called zombie salmon. Okay, okay, okay. I thought it was just a state of mind. I thought zombie is a state of mind. I can't believe they are rotting. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me talk about the whole journey okay, first. Okay, like, okay. why is it they are, they okay, are like okay. so spent? Okay. Okay, so they have to go from the ocean to fresh water, right? Yes. So how do they get there? Like, how do they like go upstream? Ah, and jump. Ah. Yeah, so there's the jumping ability, right? Yes. So salmon, right, can actually jump as high as 3.65 meters. 3.65 meters? Yes, that's like oh, more than two times my height. Eh. Yeah. Wow. Quite crazy. And then sometimes there are man-made obstacles. Like, for example, the humans suddenly build a dam yes. in the middle of the river. Yes. Then they're like, oh my god, how? Yes. Right? But luckily, some humans also build fish ladders. Yes, I see fish ladders and before. And bypasses yes, to yes, actually yes. accommodate for this problem. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, at the same time, this whole journey, right, they have to avoid predators like bears, eagles, and fishermen. Mm. Yeah. And this whole time, during their run-up, mm. they don't eat. Why they don't eat? They don't have food to eat. Why they don't have food to eat? Their main diet is like shrimp and krill, that kind of thing. That is only in the ocean, is it? Yeah, in the freshwater, don't have for them to eat. What? what? Then why they don't eat other things? I mean, they. I guess they can eat other things, but their whole uh, energy is spent on trying to go back to the place where they were born. Oh, okay. So their yeah. main focus is just chong. Yeah. Just chong back to where they were born. Mm. Yes. Like, don't think so much All about the other energy stuff. Is, Everything else is, yes. like, irrelevant at this point. Yes. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So because of that, by the time they get to the place where they were born, mm. they are, like, super spent and all their, like, fat reserves all their nutrients that they ate in the sea mm. is all gone already. Mm. So, of course, their internal organs will start to deteriorate. They undergo some changes. Like, for example, if you are male fish, right, some species will change colour and also, like, some species will develop a hook jaw and some will develop a little bump on their head or Why? something. So, some of the scientists think that it's because, like, if they have the bump on their head, they will be more pronounced uh-huh. so that the bear will catch them instead of the female one. Oh. Yeah. Well, so they sacrifice themselves, eh? Yeah, correct, correct. Then what's the jaw for? The jaw is for uh, making other salmon or other fish go away from their nest. They are red. So oh. there's this thing called red, R-E-D-D which the female salmon uh-huh. will make with their tail. Basically, they just make a hole in the riverbed, uh-huh. like a depression uh-huh. to lay their roll in. Uh-huh. Then after that, after they uh, lay finish really, then they will cover it with the sand mm-hmm. yeah, so that they can protect the roll. Mm. Yeah, so that's the general protocol. Mm-hmm. So the male fish is busy trying to defend this like nest mm. and then the female fish is busy trying to make more and more of these rats oh yeah so basically this is the what's happening when the spawning is happening I see yeah this lightning round right it's not like this lightning <laughs> round is not like any others because it's not like you're asking me a question it's yeah. I'm asking you the question I'm like why <laughs> why 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 I don't know why 
<laughs> What's going on? Because it's very, uh, yeah, it's very interesting, so I must share with you. Mm. So anyway, after spawning, uh-huh. which is like their only one chance, they can do this only one time. That's okay. why they have to lay so many rolls. By the time this is over, uh-huh. they are like, okay, I'm done. And then... I fulfilled my purpose of this life. Yes. My salmon (laughs) journey (laughs) is complete. And the whole time, right, Uh even if they haven't made it to their uh, birthplace yet, right, Mm -hmm. they might already be quite uh, like physically fight. spent yeah okay so like on the way up right you know the jumping ones uh-huh. actually quite a lot of them are like you know not that good anymore oh yeah but the bear like it oh yeah maybe the bear has a, a quiet taste for this kind <laughs> of like slightly fermented salmon yes so anyway mm-hmm. yes we have established that after spawning then they will like swim around like a zombie that they are cl- clearly alive but they are like you know they're alive, Rotting. but they are barely breathing. Yes, okay. Right. <laughs> I see. <laughs> correct, correct. And sometimes the rotting flesh is also meant to be like nutrients for their newborns. No! <laughs> what? <laughs> because they will just be at the bottom of the river bed, right? But they die already. La. Yeah. Oh no, I thought that they are swimming around and their rotting flesh is dropping out. Then the babies, when they are born, then they will just swarm and eat the still alive adult. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe some of that happens. Because mm. <laughs> it will drop to the river bed. Ma. Then by that time, it's, like, it's not really like recognizable flesh. Okay. Right. And then when the salmon is born, it's very small. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's eating all the nutrients off the riverbed, right? It's like, wow, so nutritious. Little did they know. Yeah. It's the flesh of their forefathers. Yes, that's right. <sighs> okay. Okay. Anyway, mm. the salmon mm. is a keystone species. Means what? does what? that mean? Yes. Keystone. It means that the ecological impact that they have on other wildlife is greater than would be expected in relation to their biomass. That means like basically the salmon is the prey, right, of the bear. Uh. Then like it's not, but it's not so simple. Like for example, the bear eat already, then it will drop inside the forest, then will become nutrients for the plants. Oh, like counting. okay. Yeah. So even though it is a... A small and inconspicuous thing that we overlook mm-hmm. quite often. Mm-hmm. It actually means a lot to the ecology of yes, wherever it is. It's a very important thing, basically. It's important for the biodiversity of the place. Yes. Ah. And this whole salmon run thing, right, mm-hmm. is normally during autumn, which coincides with the pre-winter activities of many hibernating animals. Mm-hmm. So it feeds a lot of animals in the rivers. Mm. Yeah. And they just eat the salmon, lor. Oh wow! It's like half decomposing, easy to kill. Ah, yeah. What noble sacrifices this, this salmon, salmon makes? Yeah, mm. and it's like such a difficult journey, and you're like, I'm always like wondering, why is it that they must be so insistent on swimming upstream? So difficult, right? Mm. Yeah. Do you not ask the same question to humans? Like, you know, when the birds look at humans, it's like, why are the humans always, like, so busy? Where are they going? What are they doing? It looks so difficult. That's true. They look That's so vexed. True. And they look so distracted. That's true. And the birds are out there like, chop, chop, chop. That's very true. Okay. We are just salmon. Land human salmon. form. Yep. <laughs> Land salmon in human form. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. 
do. Okay, it is time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. Alright, so I have three very interesting search terms from my brother's family. Mm-hmm. Because they actually told me many search terms on the car when we were going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I cannot really remember who said what. Okay. So yeah, basically it's from them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one is... Why is there no Lion Queen? Huh? Why is there no Lion Queen? Yeah, there's Lion King. Why no Lion Queen? Because a Lion Queen is called a Lioness. Ah. So easy. No, eh? No, I mean, yes. I guess it's like... Bec- there is a Lion Queen if there is a Lion King. No. Don't Wh- have. Why? Because the Lion Pride, yes. like a group of lion, is yeah. not matriarchal. It's, it's patriarchal. Are you sure? I don't know, I'm just talking nonsense. Are you the... sure lions wait, 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 are not... Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about um, <laughs> lion kings and lion queens as in the in the wild? Or are we talking about the cartoon? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're asking why is there not a lion queen like movie? Mm. Maybe there will After be. After the Lion King movie, then maybe, maybe yeah, the, the answer is maybe there will be. We don't know what Disney has, obviously. Yeah, that's true. But actually, okay, she asked this question, but I'm quite interested in whether lions are matriarchal or patriarchal. I'm googling it right now. Okay. Okay, so matriarchal means that there is more emphasis on the mother of the family being the leader. Mm. And then patriarchal means that there's more emphasis on the father being the leader of the family. Yes. So, yeah. In different cultures, there's often like patriarchal and matriarchal. I just googled, ah, lion's patriarchal. And then the answer is, like baboons and elephants, lions are matriarchal. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm I'm so wrong. I'm so wrong. I I find it very funny that they chose the other two animals is baboons and And elephants. elephants. Females hunt guard their territory and stay with the pride for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Male lions are notorious for not contributing much to their prides. Oh my goodness! Lion fathers are deadbeat eh. <laughs> like, they just like, laze around and just like, nah, not going to contribute to this household. Yeah, because I had a sneaky suspicion that, if I remember correctly, like, it's the lioness that goes out to hunt. How come you know this eh? Because when I go to the zoo, then the lion always look very lazy. What? <laughs> what? She's basing this on her experience of watching watching lions in the zoo. Excuse me, lions in the zoo don't even need to hunt. Eh. Okay, okay, okay. And also some documentaries. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, a lot of zoologists and lion experts have weighed in on this. Mm. And they are saying that unlike what we see in fiction, females run everything in their packs. Yes, that is cool. And fun fact, lions are the only feline species that live in groups, known as a pride. Yes. Even Simba's solo teenage journey isn't a faithful portrayal. (laughs) Because male lions, they don't stay with the prides they are born into, much less return to them. Because they cannot procreate with their female relatives. Oh. Yeah. So actually, once they are about a teenager, then they will leave. They have to leave the pride. Mm. Oh. Mm. So they become nomadic 
but they often travel with other male lions. Oh, they have like brother. Yeah, like, hey, brotherhood, let's go. <laughs> let's go find new prize. Let's go find some girls, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Because not safe, what? You go yeah. alone. True, then you're true. a teenager only, right? True, true, true. Ah, so, Simba's solo journey, thank no wonder, no wonder on the documentaries mm. always see the lone lion. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they have the lone lion that is like trying to infiltrate another pride, that kind of thing. Mm. Then they have to defeat the other lion, that kind of thing. Oh, because that one is outcasted already. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah. Very interesting, ah. Huh? Yes. Okay, now, now it makes more sense. Okay, the second search term I have from them mm-hmm. is why are garbage cans circular? Doesn't it make more sense for it to be squarish? Huh? Why are garbage cans circular? Yeah. But they are squarish ones what now? Yeah, the we have ones. the squarish ones. Yeah. Are quite squarish. No? Yeah, but like, you know, in TV shows, mm-hmm. and then sometimes the cans that we see on the road, that we throw rubbish into, mm-hmm. they are round. The traditional silver ones, is it? The silver ones, and also the ones beside the bus stop. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, and also a lot of the ones in the shopping malls. Oh yeah, the shopping mall ones are like the smaller versions, right? Smaller round yeah. ones, yeah. They're round. Quite a lot of them are circular. Mm. Doesn't make sense, right? Because like how to store. How to store, yeah, ho. because if you want to store something or stack something up, yes. especially you want to put them on the trolley or something, yes. then it makes sense to have them rectangular, right? Yep. They can fit more of them on the trolley or yes, right. at the back of a truck or something. Yes. So maybe there's some historical answer to this. Mm. What's your guess? I guess it's like, Something about, like, the vehicle that is used to collect garbage cans. Mm-hmm. Then, like, it had, like, I don't know, some technology that is round. Then they need to, like, you know, huh? grab it from the round Oh, thing. so the garbage truck has a kyapper, is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's my, like, off-the-cuff guess. Like, it's not a very good guess. I want to guess. I want to guess. Okay. My guess is manufacturer. Okay, yes. A manufacturer thing, like, you know, okay. th- they just produce this round thing, then they yeah. are just like, okay, come, I sign contract with you. Okay. <laughs> I just proliferate your shopping mall with this Maybe design. it's like Cheaper. metal pipe, leh. then the metal pipe person want to make garbage cans. <gasps> then just chop it up <laughs> and then make a little. <laughs> are all garbage cans just metal pipes? <laughs> okay, to answer this question, we have to kind of dig into the history of waste management yes <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, how this whole thing came about like people uh, started to throw things into containers and then those were managed by yes. like a city or something yeah yeah okay so the origins was from this french guy french lawyer and diplomat who introduced waste containers to Paris and made their use compulsory. Mm. This introduction was so innovative at the time that this guy, his name is Pobel. I don't mm-hmm. know whether I'm saying it right because mm-hmm. he's in French. Mm-hmm. His surname became synonymous with waste bins. Mm-hmm. And it is the French word for a bin. Oh, nice. Yeah. And this is in the 1800s, eh? Yeah. Where he made this a law because at that point in time, everybody just throw things anywhere. Lah. Mm. And then it got too messy and too dirty. They decided, you know what? We need a way to manage everything. Mm. If not, the streets will just keep getting dirtier and dirtier. And we have to live in the filth. Yes. Mm. Remember last time we talked about the banana and how everybody was sleeping around? Yes. Yeah, so that's the problem. Yeah, but back then, right, the things that we had, they can decompose. 
Mm. But over time, right, the things take longer and longer to decompose. So yes. they'll be just like correct. in the streets, right? Correct, correct. So his legislation, right, mm. he even had the idea to sort things into compostable items. Oh. So like paper and cloth is one, and crockery, and then like shells is like one. So at that point of time, he already like, you know, have the idea to sort everything. Oh. Yeah, good job, good job, this guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the million dollar question is, was it round or square at that point of time? Mm. So it was boxes then. So it wasn't round yet. Oh, hey, there's a specification eh, that it has to be between 80 and 120 liters in volume and has to have a handle and a lid. So I guess you can use any kind of box as long as it fulfills the specification. If not, then you have to buy his special box. Mm, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Okay, yes. so after that, I guess more and more countries and cities like, decided to have this waste management thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so now our next question is, how did the square box become round? How? So apparently, I think it started becoming round when we started having workplaces and offices. Oh. Mm-hmm. So there is this thing that they have in their office, mm-hmm. which they call a circular file or a round file, mm-hmm. and it is actually a waste paper basket. Okay, okay. Mm. Do you remember, like, some boomers actually call the trash can waste paper basket? Like, you just throw it in the waste paper basket. Do you have this memory or not? Yes. I have a memory of people calling a bin waste paper basket. I guess because it is waste paper and you put it in the basket. Mm. Right? But there was a period of time where the waste paper <laughs> basket, right, is only for waste paper. Yes, because there was a lot of waste paper... Yes. Last time. Yes, when, when they print the thing wrong. Correct. Or like they need to shred stuff. Correct. This is yep. especially in the early offices when they were using typewriters. Yes, yes. And at that point in time, right, paper is very expensive. Mm. So they want to recycle the paper. Mm. Then the trash, right, they put in the trash bin. Then the mm. waste paper, they put in the waste paper basket. Mm. Ah, so they wanted to separate it. Yes, makes sense, makes sense. Mm. That's why it's called a foul, because you're fouling the thing mm. into the, the trash area. Yes, so sometimes they will call it a uh, foul 13, uh-huh. or they'll call it round foul. So they will say something like, I'll place that memo in foul 13, or I'm going to foul it in the round foul. Oh, so it's just like get rid of it, like, yeah. basically. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. Yes, the first known use of this foul 13 is in 1941. Oh. And then why they call it file 13, right? Because okay. 13 is an unlucky number la, in Western oh, world. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's like, oh, I'm going to throw this memo in file 13. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm going to throw this memo in the round file. Banished to the depths of hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's quite interesting, right? But that doesn't really answer why it's round. Okay, so right, in the office, right? When they first started throwing their paper trash into these baskets, waste paper basket, right? Mm. It used to be weaker baskets. Oh. Yeah, and people used to use this baskets for other things lah like oh. bread la and this and that oh okay okay understand yeah, so there was a thriving industry of basket craftsmen okay doing weaker things so it's much harder to make the weaker basket in square form yeah than in round form yeah they just weave it it's a weaving thing you know they just <laughs> yes. weave it in that form weaker lasts quite some time okay. you can just put there for a while okay yeah okay. but the problem with weaker baskets yeah. is that they catch fire easily <laughs> Because people throw a lot of paper inside, then later you throw your cigarette butts or your cigar oh, inside or yeah, your match yeah, inside, yeah. then everything Correct. burn. Everything burn. Yes. This triggered a market for 
metal waste paper baskets. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm. Then after that, everybody's like, okay, when I throw the trash, then it's round. Then like, okay, I'm going to make all the trash cans round. Yeah, then the waste paper, the metal waste paper basket, right? Yeah. They call it a fireproof waste basket. Oh, so it's like wow, marketing is so good, you know. Actually, yes, just matter yes. Okay, then okay. it caught on, lor. People started adding leads to it, and then you know the hands-free version where they just step, yes. yeah, yeah, step on the pedal, then it open. Yes. So from this round thing, evolve, evolve, evolve into the trash bins that we see today. Ah, interesting. Long history. Mm. Alright, let's move on. Okay, third question. Mm. Is it possible to be too old to get a pimple? No. I also guess no. Because I imagine old people with pimples and then I can imagine that. Okay. But I think you are less likely to get pimples when you are old. Okay. Because you are not so greasy. <laughs> you know as a teenager you're very greasy and sweaty I remember being a teenager and being very greasy and sweaty wow that is a vast stereotyping of, I, of no, younger I'm, people I'm not being greasy I'm just talking about my own experience I remember being all younger people are very oily I remember being greasy no 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 you are uh, soft and nice smelling and wonderfully fluffy for a period of time. Yes. You know, you know, like yep. babies. When, when you're a baby, right? Yeah. Then like adults want to smell your leg and all that kind of thing. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Yeah, but at some point, right, you become very gross and grimy. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I'm just speaking from my own experience. I think it's during puberty that is gross and grimy. So when I googled this, is it possible to be too old to get pimples, right? Mm-hmm. Then right up at the top, right, it says. Although acne is commonly thought of as a problem of adolescence, it can occur in people of all ages. Yes, and there is this thing called adult acne yeah. as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So we will never be free from this, we is it? We will never be rid of pimples. Ah, really or not? At what age does acne go away? Apparently, right? Yes, there's a thing called teen acne which tends to resolve by the time you reach your early 20s. But then, after you graduate from this stage, you can get adult acne. (laughs) Yes. How does that happen? Like, for example, stress, or changes in your hormone levels, or menopause, uh, stopping birth control pills. All of these are possibilities of you getting adult acne. And some medications also... They can cause acne. <laughs> no, no, we will never be free from so, this. So yeah. <sighs> well, the hormonal acne comes during different life stages, as well as depending on what medication you are on or off. Mm. But there is such a thing called stress-related acne. Yeah, and it will just follow you whenever you are stressed. Yeah, yeah. So don't be stressed, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Don't be stressed. <laughs> and there are other things that causes acne that is regardless of age. Okay. Like food allergies. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, like, too bad you're allergic to this, then your skin will break out. I think it can also be hereditary, right? Acne. Hmm. Yeah. You can be also allergic to some kind of beauty products. Yes. And you could even get acne from pollution (laughs) oh my god so there are studies that they go like look at people who live in urban areas compared to people living in rural areas 
the urban area people get more acne. <laughs> Yes. So what must you do to have less acne, to have less pimples? Daily skincare. Just wash your face, like, essentially, is it? Yeah. <laughs> this article says, follow these steps. Wash your face no more than twice a day. Use oh. cool or warm water and a gentle cleanser. Use oh, so cannot wash too much also, leh? Yeah, cannot. You get you wash too much, you also get pimples. Yeah. <laughs> Because actually your skin has a, like a natural way of uh, protecting itself, right? Yes. Mm. Mm. There, it, it has its own cleansing mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not supposed to um, destroy yeah. it so much. Okay. Yeah. Cleansers, creams and lotions, uh, cosmetics that include salicylic acid. And if all of that face washing fails, yes. just... Retire at a nice rural place with fresh air, the freshest of fresh air. Yes. Don't eat food that you are sensitive to. Don't eat fried food. Yeah. Be <laughs> super unstressed. Yeah, unstressed. And just like, just zen. Just oh. float in the ocean and you have no acne. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And then you cannot be in the sun so much also. Eh? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, wrong. Not in the ocean. You can float in the ocean at night. La, in the want. indoor pool. <laughs> You can be acne-free in the indoor pool. Yeah, preferably in a sauna or a spa with a lot of moisturizing organic materials <laughs> on your skin. Yeah, I think uh, mm. that's about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, if you can't afford that or you don't have the opportunity to have such a nice escape yes. from reality, yeah. just know that everybody is also suffering from the same people problems <laughs> as you. You can take comfort in that. Yes. Yes. We are all pimply together. Alright, Eliza. What is your search term of the week? My search term is... The Sour Toe Club. Sour Toe? Do you know what it is? What is a Sour Toe Club? Sour Toe Club. Your toe is sour. Not my toe. Not your toe. Not my toe. Somebody else's toe. Mm, yeah. Huh. What is a sour like? Mm. Sour toe club. Club somewhere. I mean mm. like maybe they all have sour toe. Like for example, like I don't know, it's swelling or something. Or they go running together, then all their toes very sour. That's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> e- e- I don't it's mean like the taste. Uh. I don't mean the taste. Like, you know, like the like it feels sour. Oh, like, like very swan sung sung. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. like muscle is sour. Mm. Yeah, then their toes. Only their toes are sour, so that's why they form a club, because they need each other's support. Hmm. No, it's incorrect. <laughs> Do you want to have one last guess about what this is? <sighs> okay, it's a name of a club as in a group of people mm. who like ice cream. Then when they eat ice cream, right, then they get a strange sensation in their toe. Are you speaking from experience? Ice <laughs> <laughs> cream, oh, my toes. So know. sour. I have no idea what this is. I'm just guessing out of left view. <laughs> no, that's incorrect, but I like your guesses. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so the Sour Toe Club is a real club that you can join in Dawson City, Yukon, Canada. Okay. Mm-hmm. To be a member of the Sour Toe Club, you need to take part in a very strange tradition. Okay. You need to drink a cocktail with a preserved human toe in it. No. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, I don't like this. <laughs> this cocktail and tradition has been running since 1973. 73. Mm-hmm. How many times do you have to drink this cocktail to be... Once, once. Okay. Just have to drink it once. Alright. Okay, it is the brainchild of a local Yukon riverboat captain who together with some friends found a preserved toll in an abandoned cabin. Okay, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> How... Okay, number one. Mm. Why in the first place mm. they must make a cocktail out of the toll and then drink it? Because it's fun. Okay, fine, fine. It symbolises the Yukon frontier spirit. Okay, like great. they are very like brave adventurers yes. okay okay yeah, I accept I accept mm. okay next thing mm. how are they getting the human toes hmm? drink a cocktail with a preserved human toe in it so they use the same human toe every single time that's the mystery <laughs> <laughs> like I'm thinking it's like every time they have to drink is it a new toe or something hmm I had the same questions as you <laughs> So I was like, what in the world is this? Then I googled it, right? And then I realised that, hmm, after they found the preserved toe in the abandoned cabin, okay. they connected this toe to a legend okay. that says that there was a rum smuggler and his brother who were doing their deliveries back in the 1920s okay. when they met with a blizzard. Mm-hmm. Then one of them had to have his frost-beaten toe amputated. Okay. And they decided to keep the toe as a souvenir. La. Oh. Yeah, so that's they put it in alcohol. Mm, yeah, that's why it's preserved. preserved. Okay. Mm. You can <laughs> also call this souvenir a memento. Uh, okay. Memento. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> the drink is called Sour Toe Cocktail. Okay. And it is served at downtown hotel Sourdough Saloon. Sourdough. Yeah. Is it on purpose? They I serve mean, the sourdough at the Sourdough, sourdough Saloon. Okay, great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, is it a real toe or not? It's just like a prosthetic nonsense, right? Like it's oh. just a legend, then they just make this stupid silicone thing, then put inside the oh, cocktail. Okay, okay, maybe okay. lah. Yeah, so maybe, I go and read. Maybe. Okay, what is the recipe? Uh. The recipe is quite simple. Okay. Okay, it is minimum one ounce of alcohol, mm-hmm. one dehydrated toe, garnish with courage. <sighs> Okay. dehydrated toe yeah so you pay for your shot of your choice okay like you can choose any alcohol you don't have to drink wh- whichever they give you yeah 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 you okay. can choose so okay. you can make it more palatable to you okay okay then you add an extra 8 Canadian dollars to pay one of their toe captains who will serve you the drink okay and then the toe captain will hold the toe in his or her hand and read you the rules Okay. Okay. So the rules are: you can drink it fast, you can drink it slow, but your lips must touch this gnarly toe. <laughs> then he will either wave it in front of you, or make you kiss the toe and then drop it in your drink. Then as you drink the, the cocktail, right? Yes. Your lips must touch the toe, okay. but you cannot bite it, you cannot chew it, you cannot put the toe in your mouth. Okay. Okay. If you swallow the toe, you will get fined two thousand five hundred dollars. So is it a real toe? <sighs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So has anybody like swallowed or bitten the toe? Yes. Then how do they get another toe? Yes. Yes, that's the all the questions that I had also. That's my like, you know what I'm thinking about. <sighs> like it feels so sinister. 
Okay, so the original toe, right, was found in 1973. Okay. And then they made this cocktail. Mm-hmm. Then for about seven years, they play this game. Uh, okay. Sour toe cocktail. I dare you to drink, la, drink, then you can be in the membership. Mm-hmm. Sour toe club. Then how has it then not you deteriorated? you get certificate and all yeah, that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in 1980, right, mm. a minor was trying for the sour toe record. As in, he's trying to drink as many of these shots as possible. Oh. Then on his 13th glass of sour toe champagne, so he smart, swallowed champagne. it. No, his chair tipped backwards. <laughs> then he fell down. Then he accidentally swallowed the toe. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that number one toe was yes. never recovered. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which brings you to the next question, right? Yes. Like, then how they continue this thing for 50 years? Exactly. Please answer. They get nations. No. <laughs> no. Please, no. <laughs> yeah, so people actually donate their toes to the bar. Okay, humans, why do you do these things? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the toes are not like chopped off a living human. La. Okay. The toes are okay. mostly amputated toes. Right. Like, for example, from frostbite victims or from other amputation causes like diabetes or something. Okay, okay, understand. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. One of the toes arrived in a jar uh-huh. of alcohol with the message, don't wear open toe sandals while mowing the lawn. Oh. Then they send their toe over. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at any time, right, the bar, right... <laughs> They have about 10 toes in rotation. Oh my god, that's mm. a lot. Mm. Okay, okay. Mm. <laughs> the manager actually said that they usually get about 5 years out of each toe. Okay, before, before retiring the toe. Yes. I see. Because it will deteriorate, right? Yes, that's right. And then sometimes the toes get stolen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's Why? only one instance when the toe was intentionally swallowed by some dude someone yeah okay then he, he was fined yeah he came to the shop ordered the cocktail mm-hmm. this is 2013 quite recent only mm-hmm. then he just swallowed the toe together the drink mm-hmm. then he just paid the fine that time is $500 just put the $500 on the table and just walk off that's why they increase it to 2005 cause like $500 people still willing to eat the toe why would why is it there is it a Okay. Don't know, he just walked away. <sighs> alright, 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 alright. <laughs> okay, so now I have a question for you. Yes, yes. How many people do you think have done this cocktail? Like Upwards have- of a thousand. Since 1973. Yes. 50 years. You think 1,000. 1,000 plus. Plus, plus, plus. Mm. The answer is, as of 2019, more than 100,000 people oh have joined the Sour Toe Club. And have taken part in this tradition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I was thinking, wow, this really for real or not? It's so gross. Then is this sanitary or not? Because no like la. it will keep reusing what exactly. Right? Inside different people's drinks, the right? The fact that it's keep on being reused is like not okay. Maybe they wash it or something, I don't know. But then, then again it is a human exactly. body part. Leh. Yes, it decomposes, right? Yeah. And then the lips have to touch the toe. Yeah. And then like like, I, I don't understand. No. Right, right, right. I'm like, how can, how can this be allowed? But apparently, apparently, according to the general manager of this downtown hotel, right? Yes. Where this drink is served, uh, yep. the sour toe cocktail actually meets sanitary standards. Eh. 
They okay. actually had the chief medical officer of the Yukon come and look at it. Oh. And like certify that it is alright, it is fine. All of these people are in on this craziness. <laughs> Maybe, so, I don't know. Some rules to, so, but then there are some rules to keep up yes. with, like, some regulations. Uh-huh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have to keep the toes on salt mm-hmm. and serve it in 40% alcohol. So yeah, that's how they can legally keep serving this. Okay, okay. Mm. Then the very final okay. last question that yes. I have mm-hmm. regarding this as I was googling it is mm. what does it taste like? I think it just tastes like alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. It just tastes like alcohol because yeah. they have to use a super strong alcohol to serve it in, right? Yes. Yeah. So that it meets the <laughs> the sanitary standards. Yeah. But for those people who have kissed the toe, right? Mm-hmm. They describe the texture to be super disgusting. I mean, yes. It's like a greasy raisin. <sighs> no. Yeah, that's the descriptor. <laughs> okay, so anyway, if you have a toe amputated, then now you know where you can donate it. Okay. Yes, yeah. indeed. Okay, the end. <laughs> okay. Thank you for this information. <laughs> hey, actually, it's on a lot of people's bucket list, eh? To do the toe thing. Yeah, to be in the Sour Toe Club. Oh. To get the certificate. Sounds very Canadian. Like, <laughs> like people travel all the way to the Yukon yeah. and then go to this bar to do this thing. Okay, you know? okay. Mm. I mean, yeah, it does sound like a thing that people will dare each other to and it sounds like, you know, a fun adventure kind <sighs> of thing. But like, yeah, I wouldn't even like lick my toe. So gross, right? I don't so dirty, I would, right? Yeah, I would as a kid though, but like not now. All right, we've reached the almost end of our podcast and now it is time for... One thing to recommend. My recommendation for this week is Wildlife with Bertie Gregory. It's a series on the Net Joe Wild YouTube channel and it follows a wildlife filmmaker mm-hmm. as he goes to take videos of the animals doing animal things. Mm. Yeah. He was the one that I watched when I was looking at the zombie, zombie salmon. salmon. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite interesting. It's very short episodes and very good production quality. Yes. Nice. Go check it out. Okay, my recommendation for this week is also YouTube. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm recommending two YouTube videos by Laura Kampf. She's a German YouTuber that makes things and posts video about them. So the first video that I'm recommending is I Fix the Bench. <laughs> Gorilla Making. Okay. Yeah, so essentially she go and fix a public bench. Uh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. it's already broken and she okay. go fix it. Then the second video I'm recommending is like, the part two is, they broke my bench! <laughs> <laughs> so I think you can tell from the title essentially what it is. Uh. Okay, so, there's a story. Yeah, she go fix it. Then people break it. Then she go fix it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the way she shoots the videos yes. is very nice mm-hmm. and it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So you can see how she designed and redesigned the bench to make it better. Mm-hmm. And then also the message of going to fix something that is broken. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, we've reached the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, Eliza, for making this podcast with me. And thank you, Jingan, for doing this podcast with me. If you have Googled anything interesting lately, you can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we'll search it up on the show. You can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today. You can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy a comedy trivia podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. And now, we're off the record. One more thing, a Patreon-only podcast called... 
one more thing. So see you there.